What is up, everyone? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined, as always, by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Joe Dorville. Hot Atlanta, Joe Dorville. What, what up? What, what, what is going on, Brennan? Sorry for the delay, folks. Scheduling will be a little complicated uh, in the next coming weeks. <clears throat> Yeah, between the holidays, your move, and then my move coming up, and the one-man show and everything, it's going to be a little tricky, but we're going to get it done. We're going to make sure to get it done, folks. So if you are new to the show, quick rundown. Um, We are going to start with all the major topics and all the major sports, everything that was going on this week. Then we are going to move to the quick hits, where we discuss tertiary topics that we just need to quickly get through. Um, and then we will end no walk off this week, obviously, with everything going on in sports. We're not going to have time for the walk off. And then we will go into the press conference where we will peddle our wares. But we'll start this week the same way we do every week. Joe, ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Here we go. Bump up. But wait, not starting with the NFL curveball as my game friend- of the week. Derek Gaines says plot twist. Um, game of the week is the world cup final argentina taking on the reigning champion france um joe lionel messi's last hurrah at the world cup he's now 35 he talked about not playing for the national team there were some people in argentina who did not want him playing for the national team anymore they thought he was too old he's considered one of the greatest soccer players of all time but had never won a world cup which kind of put him in a, a different bracket did you watch this game what did you take away from this game? And holy shit, what a game. I watched this game wire to wire. Brennan, I, we're going to walk through this one. We're going to hold hands to this one. This this was, whoa, wow, whoa, roller coaster. So I, I've not been shy about my allegiance, uh, my rooting interests of France. And uh, Kylian Mbappe. And Kylian Mbappe and everything going on there with that squad, Antoine Griezmann. Uh, Olivier Giroud, um, everybody and whatnot. So Terry Henry, uh, Terry Henry, good, good call. Not on the team at all, but good call. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I like Messi. Never been anti-Messi. I was always more of a Ronaldo guy, though. Um, his flair for the dramatic really uh, appealed to me as a novice in the sports. In the soccer landscape, the football landscape. Um, but in more recent years, I had kind of fallen out of favor with Ronaldo as, as I learned the game more. And I came to appreciate Messi, but still wasn't a Messi guy. As I said, I'm a Kylian Mbappe guy. Um, also, Kylian Mbappe is black. So, went to, so I moved on. I got here, what, Saturday? The game was Sunday. I was like, you know what? I'm going to the place where I watched the last World Cup, the bar I watched the last World Cup game at four years ago. I'm going to go oh, there. yeah, because you were back in Atlanta then. I still was in Atlanta. So I went there, and I walk out the house, and Brendan, climate change is real because it was like 30 degrees. It was blistering cold. In Atlanta? In Atlanta. By the way, shout out to the folks in Texas who are going to experience like sub 10 temperatures this week. Uh, Yeah, wicked. So I go there. The indoor is packed. So everybody else has to stand on on the terrace. Now, again, when it was the when it was the last World Cup four years ago and we were on the terrace, it was fine. It's 
80 degrees, 90 degrees. Sun was well, shining. The other thing too is they were playing. They're playing the World Cup at a different time of year because Qatar is a steaming hot desert. Not exactly, steaming, but it's incredibly hot desert. So this time everybody's bundled up in frigid and cold as shit, and I was not aware of the large Argentina contingency in Atlanta, but they were out in droves. Big Argentina contingency there in Atlanta. So watching the game and. The first 15 minutes, I'm like, okay, Argentina's playing a little aggressively, but I think France is like, I think they'll pull this out. I think they got this. And I think it, I can't remember the time. I should have pulled up all the time codes and everything. Well, while you're doing that, I just wanted to say, so I woke up and I forgot the game was on because it was on in the morning, like that mid-morning afternoon. And I forgot the game was on because I thought it was later in the day. And then I checked the score on my phone and it was 2-0. And I was like, oh, this game's already over. I'm not going to watch this. So, And then I turned it on. And then... Oof. So, uh, at the 23rd minute... So, mind you, at 15-minute mark, I was like, Argentina's playing a little too aggressively. They may be getting a little uh, over their skis. And uh, I think France will eventually control this game. About seven, eight minutes later, there's a penalty in the box. Uh, Dembele, who had just a dreadful game uh, by his own standards. Um, I don't. I didn't think it was the toughest of takedowns. I felt like it was a little soft. But one thing I will say, shout out to the ref. He called everything consistently. And he gave the only two yells he gave or when people were hamming it up. So he was nothing if not consistent. And then some people will say that the penalty that France got their first goal on was similar uh, venom or malice as the first uh, Argentina pen. But Argentina gets a pen. My knock on Messi this entire tournament has been all his goals in uh, in the knockout round are pens. And then he lines up for another pen. Yeah. And then he knocks it in. So if he's, he's nothing, if not consistently great, he was not going quietly into the night. That he is, he was for not sure. going quietly. And then soon thereafter, we get a beautiful link up play uh, from the Argentina side at the 36 minute that results in a Di Maria goal. Now, Brennan, Di Maria has been sitting for like the last five games since like game one, hasn't been in the starting lineup. Yeah, he was in. He didn't he score a goal to get them in the qualifier? Like, didn't he like help uh, them get to the World yeah, Cup? Yeah, I'm pretty like, sure he was in the. He was he was a big staple of the Copa America team. Yeah. Um, but once they got here, I think he played in the first game that we all know they lost to Saudi Arabia, and then, then the yeah there was a whole lineup change effectively. Um, but he started this game, and a cool story about Di Maria was the last time they were in the final was uh 2014. He had suffered an injury in the game prior, and he had begged his coach to let him play because all he wanted to do was play in a World Cup final. And the coach against his, like, he was like, you're, I mean, he was suffering a serious injury, didn't let him play. So he had to sit on the bench the entire time and cry. So if you see the out, if you see after he scores this goal, he's tearing up like as he's kicking it in, damn near. Um, because There's a lot so of crying much, on the Argentina. So side. much emotion. 
And at that point, we got to the halfway point at 45 minutes. the crying would come from France. <laughs> Uh, at the 45 minute mark, I was like, all right, it's too cold out here. There's too much uh, Argentinian celebration, Brennan. I know you're a suspicious sports watcher. Something has to change. Yeah. And I have to be the one to change it. I got in my car. It did help that it was like 40 degrees outside. So you're like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go home, guys. So got in my car, came home. Watching the game on my phone as I've been watching most of the French wins and whatnot. Uh, and then one buddy in my fantasy football text chain, group chat, some people call it. I call it text chain. Uh, he's an Argent- He was rooting for Argentina the whole way through. So, Brennan, I did two things. You, got, you can't just one reverse jinx. You got to double reverse jinx. I went home to change my setting. Then I sent him a congratulatory message. There you go. I said, hey, man, you know what? Argentina's really good. Messi. Argentina looked so dominant in this game. Especially in the first half. It, they looked, they like, I literally sent a text to my brother, and I was like, it looks like they just want, like, the cliche of all cliches, they just want it more. Yeah. <laughs> they are just attacking. They were so dominant. I didn't even watch the first half because I was like, oh, it's 2 0. Like, this game's over. It's so. They were just relentlessly on the offensive. And then. Mbappe. Then the penalty happened in the 80th minute. And Mbappe lined up and put one in the back of the net, even it, though it touched uh, Emmy Martinez. He got well, no, some of it. He got some of that, it. Before that, well, didn't they, they the the equalizer goal? That wasn't in no. the 80th, was it? The 80th minute is the pen. The pen was first. Okay. The first okay, pen. Okay. So yeah, it's yeah, the first yeah. pen. So he gets the first pen. Clean shot. Emmy Martinez. It's you can't you can't stop a, a missile. Ninety seconds later. That's what it was. One of the most beautiful sensual goals I've ever seen in my life. From, if for football terms, for those listening, uh, our trained audience, effectively from the right hash, left hash, he slides down, bends it, wraps it around the goalkeeper, and gets it into the right side of the net. It's tied up. Un- they were dead in the water. And Kylian Mbappe brings them out from the doldrums in 90 seconds from so the pen to the next in. goal. Because then I get an alert on my phone saying the game is now tied. And I was like, what the shit? (laughs) So I watched this game for like an hour and a half. And I didn't come in until like the (laughs) 80th minute. So then we go to extras. So now we're going to extras. Well, before extras, Messi had a moment where he could have been the world champion. Like he could have had that one shining moment where he puts a shot just outside the box. Oh, yeah. Uh, Below Luis. Luis. Uh, saves it, just punches it up in the nick of time. So we go into extra time. First extra time is pretty, uh, pretty nothing, pretty blah. And then in the second extra time, the dunk, the dunk play, Brennan. There is a, there's a, a an insane link up situation, and it gets messy on a break free, and boom, rockets it into the back of the net. 
Everybody's confused. Everybody's stunned. Everybody thinks it's yeah. going to be called offsides. I'm texting with my when buddies. I'm saying, like, yeah, everyone was like blowing up about offsides. Like he wasn't offsides. Like I was I, watching the play. It, it looked so close. I know. Everybody but. was like, "What?" It. I, I text my buddies. I was like, "What?" I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I need yeah, something. Let me so, rephrase that. I'm going to be honest. I was trying to toot my own horn. When the play first happened, I go, that's clearly offside. <laughs> I was like, I'll be honest. I'll be transparent. I was like, no, they're calling that back. He was offside. And everyone's celebrating. I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're celebrating for. Like, everyone was stunned. Smart. And you caught like, me. I was it, it all was, every, the whole world paused. It was like, is it a goal? Is it not a goal? Like, you see them celebrating, but they're kind of looking over their shoulder like, is it going to stand? And they go to VAR and they go to the the uh, the generated computer thing or whatever. And I can't remember the cornerback's name, the center back's name. I keep doing that. I can't remember the center back's name, but he is basically in cornerback position with his donk out. And that is what kept Messi onside. Because his butt was off. His butt his was butt so was big, out, yeah. it gave Messi enough cushion to stay onside. For enough the cushion. For the pushing, some would say. So now it's like, all right, Messi has had his World Cup moment. Game is over. France is going to win. They pan to the sideline in Argentina. Like some of the players start like crying and celebration and stuff. And I was like, this isn't over. It felt like it at that moment. My heart sank at that moment. But I was like, I mean, I trust it. There's still a chance. And the chance came late in the game where one of the two early substitutions. Uh, came on and they rocketed a shot and the uh, center back for Argentina hits it with his hand. Handball in the penalty. Kylian Mbappe lines up. He went Can't left the, the first box, time. Keep your hands and he went left again. Butt. And again, Emmy Martinez guessed it correctly. No, this time he guessed it completely wrong. He went right. The ball went left. It's 3-3. No, on the third one, because I remember no, watching this is the, the second one. This is the second. This is the okay, second okay, pen. Okay, okay, okay. So, because the first pen, Mbappe went left, Emmy went left, and then the second one, Mbappe went left, Emmy went right, thinking he would yeah. probably switch it up. Uh, so it's three three. No, 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 no. You're thinking of you're thinking the actual pens later in the game. On the second pen, Mbappe he went left, and the guy went left, and it just rocketed through his hand. I remember because so I was like three times he rocketed through his hand. Yeah, because I remember I remember thinking. He wasn't stopping that ball no matter yeah. what. And then in penalty and PKs, he goes right, thinking Mbappe's going to go right, and he went left again. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, the only reason I remember that is because I was like, holy shit, he guessed right, and it just fucking ripped <laughs> his arm off. So the most, the, the most crestfallen I was in the entire game was. In the one twenty third, after additional time for the penalties and some injuries sustained and substitutions, Colo. Let me get his name right. I think it's Colo Mane. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Colo Mane. Colo. Yeah, Colo Mane has a free run in the one twenty third minute. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh God. I was like, this is it. He's going to get the fourth goal here. It's going to be a wrap. It's going to be the most insane thing. Like, how did he get a break free? They had just attempted, and it was a counter. And he strikes it. And to his credit, he's been, honestly, he was the goalkeeper all tournament long. 
Emmy Martinez lays out, has his foot out, and saves it just barely. Mm-hmm. Gives it enough uh, to knock it away and give his team enough time to recover. Um, and that was a save of the tournament because Argentina had won the penalty shootout against the Netherlands. They had won uh, the Copa America. They had a penalty shootout against Colombia, and they won that one. So they had been a little more battle tested. And the commentators, in the commentators, even alluded to it. They go, "If France doesn't have Argentina, has the better goalie. If this goes to PKs, Argentina is going to win this game." I was about to say because Loris has even said before he doesn't like pens. Yeah, that's they referenced that. They were like, yeah, he doesn't like penalties. Argentina has the better goalie. He's not very good against penalty. And I was like, oh, then this, yeah, this game so is over. That's why in my head I was like, that Colomane attempt, that chance on goal, it was like it was then or nothing. If this yeah. goes to PKs, it's, there's no chance. And as I texted, a uh, strong move by me, I'm just going to say it. Uh, all my group cats, I sent them the message preemptively. Hey! No one say anything until it's all over. We don't need anybody ruining anything for anybody else, all right? Let's all just wait until it's done. <laughs> and right then and there, it was effectively done. Uh, first up, Kylian Mbappe, he goes up, he strikes. Messi goes up, he strikes. The next two for France, they miss theirs. And... Argentina makes all four of theirs. The last one to make theirs on France didn't matter because it was before. Um, actually, funny, funny enough, the guy who got the handball ended up hitting the game-winning uh, yep. penalty. Um, Lloris wasn't able to stop any of them. Martinez was able to deflect one, and one, one went, went wide, out, right? Yeah, one went outside of the post anyways, but he guessed it right, and he would have blocked it anyways. Yeah. Um, he was down there, but... Uh, yeah, Argentina wins the World Cup. One of the, I mean, it, it's a cliche at this point. Every commentator in the world has said it. Probably one of the best World Cups we've ever seen. Yeah, um, it was fun. And I'm, uh, you know me, I'm not. I'm just now getting into football, as it were. And I, I was riveted. It's it's a combination of the goal scoring, the people who were attached to it. The names that we're aware of, you had a former winner in France. You have one of the most notable uh, players for the last two decades. Honestly. One of the most notable players of all time, I would say. Yeah, like in Messi. So I'm saying like the uh, any bypasser in sports knows the name Messi. You know he has um, 403 million followers on Instagram? I'm not shocked. Soccer, again, is the biggest word in the world. Um, That's a lot. I didn't even think there were 403 million users on Instagram. So it's it it was... Uh, though I was gutted, I, I, was, I was gutted. I had to sit there for like a five count as I collected myself off the mat. Oh, um, really? As soon as it went to penalties, I knew it was over. I knew it was over, but still, like... <laughs> Again, I had rooting interests. Yeah, that's true. I was rooting. Like, I, mean, I, really, I was rooting for Francis Kylian Mbappe. Team. Just because, I mean, you follow them. I was. I had like the bystander kind of rooting interest where I like Kylian Mbappe, and we've talked about him. And I just like the way he carries himself. I do have a 
not an issue with the French team, but there is there is an underlying thing which we don't have to get into. But it's kind of like oh, all the black have, guys. Yeah, well, huh. not even, just because you know you have the that's team Europe you have across because world. yeah, but it's like it's just there's something that kind of bugged me about it where it was like oh, if you actually took colonization out of it and, and yeah, if everybody had to play for their mother country it'd be a very yeah, different be way game. different <laughs> it, this would not have been the first time that an african nation made it to the, the exactly I would say, not have been. but that was one of the funny things about the last when they when french when france won in 2018 like black people kind of just said oh this is the african this is the african all-stars yeah, <laughs> like this is our championship. This this is not France. This is us. <laughs> yeah, and so that 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 kind of that that part kind of irked me a little. But it, the the way it is, these guys all love playing, obviously, for France because if they didn't, they didn't have to. Like you exactly. don't have to play in the World Cup, so they obviously love representing their country. And I'm not going to sit on a soapbox and be like, oh, say, it's it's where you're originally from because these guys are French. These guys, I was say, know, yeah, and most of them are born. I mean. Yeah, they Most identify of them are as French born citizens. there. Yeah. It's their f- parents who are born in other countries. They're yeah, and that, that isn't something that does bother me when like you hear racist people be like, "Oh, go back to your country." It's like they were born here, dude. Like they're yeah. they're Americans, and that's the same thing in that situation. But there is there is a little part of me that's like, "Oh, you fucking kind of well, <laughs> like you you put weights on the go kart." Like you, kinda- you know, you don't you don't want to. We can discuss this off. Like I don't know if this is a conversation we want to have, but. Go look up Argentina's history with black people. I'll just say that. Okay. Um, so that that makes it also like another level of why I kind of want oh, France yeah. to win. This, well, this and well. and not only that, but Argentina lost, or uh, Germany has a dominant team. Well, let's you know they did before. Be, yeah, but less well, I'm dominant now. But yeah, there's a few Argentinian players that are probably from that from that part of the world if you know what i'm saying yeah yeah exactly um, so it's but, i mean the whole, the whole world is to, to germany's credit though germany has uh germany has done can their we never say to oh yeah I was say, they've done their germany's like credit. they are they are very ashamed of their past yeah that was all right we're gonna get off we're like after <laughs> disaster right now back on the game and ba- i really wanted killian to win, but he has plenty of opportunities. I know that's what the same thing they said about Messi when he was coming up. It's the same thing they said about uh, Patrick Mahomes. He has won. And yeah. Rodgers, he has won. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I think this French team showed their dominance, so I, I don't think that they're not going to get bad. But, yeah, uh, again, we've said that thing, before. The thing that this French team showed me, and I think I said it last week, was a lot of these guys are like the second unit. Like, in, yeah. if we're talking actuality, because Paul Pogba couldn't play because of injury, Kareem Benzema couldn't play because of injury, N'Golo Kante couldn't play because of injury, like, and those are three of their premier people, like, those are guys playing for Champion League yeah. week in, week out. Um, so with those three not there, and they still made it to this point, shows just how deep the French, uh, the French system is. So... I don't think they won't. I mean, when you have a player like Mbappe who can just turn it on effectively in the 80th minute and change the whole dynamic of a game, I think they'll always have a chance, but they need to continue building up. Um, I think this is Didier Deschamps' last cycle because normally you get one cycle as a coach, maybe two. He's been there for 10 years now. So he's had two and a half, two and a euro, um, two and an extra euro in that cycle. So, um, Maybe he hands it off to somebody. I know, to, uh, funny enough, you said Thierry Henry. 
He's actually an assistant coach for the Netherlands. So I wonder if he would potentially want to take the chance to be a coach. That's for interesting. The French he didn't National go with team. the the French league. He went with the national. I was saying. I mean, I don't. And the Netherlands is one of their rivals. I mean, the Netherlands has been pretty good. I would say it's different. Who get whoever gives somebody a job and calls somebody. Yeah, it is weird. Just so. we were talking about coaching last week with the Dion thing. It's weird. In Europe, because it's different leagues for different countries. So, like, growing up, I always just thought the Premier League was the best league in Europe, not knowing that it's just the English league in Europe, or the, you know, the great... It is, great it is the league best league, league but it is the English league. You know league. what I mean? Like, yeah. three, the, the three best players in the world all play for PSG. And it's, so it's, it's funny, because it's like... I just didn't know that. I didn't know, like, Barcelona wasn't in the Premier League. I didn't no, know no, Real I Madrid wasn't yeah. in the Premier League. So it is interesting, because... In America, you'd be like, oh, no, you coach in college or you coach in the NFL and then you move throughout that structure. But in Europe, it's like, oh, no, they've got like an XFL, an NFL, an AFL, an AF. Like, yeah. And it's like, oh, you could just kind of move. And then their national teams on top of it. So you well, just it's like uh, move around. It's actually like Mark Cressman. Uh, so you have the CFL and then say if there was a Mexican football league, you could just go between them. And yeah. Then there yeah. was a culmination championship. Between the three countries. Yeah, so it is. I, I actually enjoy that more. The thing that really turned me on to soccer um, in the last couple of years was, one, doing the show with you and seeing how passionate you were about it. And I was like, yeah, let me check it out. And then, two, the swings of the games are so violent. Not Wicked. like physically violent, Wicked. but it's just like... You can, can be go. up one second and you're you're in the dumps the next second. And that's why... And I also like that every goal means so much. That, that means a lot to me, the whole fact that it's like, oh, these don't come super easy. So, like, if you score, it's a big deal. Like, something that I'm getting really sick of in the NFL is like... And we'll talk about it, obviously, with the very next game and the game after that and the game after that, because these are, these, you know, the first couple of games we're going to talk about, there was a ton of scoring. And it was it's frustrating because it's just like a lead doesn't mean anything because, you know, the other team's going to get the ball back. That's what I like about soccer is that the lead can change so drastically so quickly, but it also can't like there yeah. are sometimes when it doesn't. And it's like that's it's just. It's it's one of those things where it's like because you so don't know what's going to happen, it's so exciting. I was to say in soccer, I think there's two things. One, it's uh, I forgot who I was talking, who I was listening to, but they said uh, it's funny to go from soccer, and then right after that game, that game basically took you right up until whatever local game you had the in one Fox, o'clock on games, the Fox. Yeah. and so going from that. You see 45 minutes of nonstop action, basically, and then you have just the stops when there's the half times. Um, then to one play, stop. One play, stop. One play, yeah. stop. <laughs> like just the the lack of constant uh, action in the NFL. But that lends itself to the replay and just all the production value that the, it's a TV product more so than anything. Mm-hmm. Um but then also a lead in the NFL, and we'll get to it, is less impressive. That's that thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Because you know you have another chance. You have a, you're gonna get ten more cracks at the apple. Whereas for 70 minutes of that France Argentina game, France didn't even put a chance, they didn't even have a shot attempt. 
Yeah, they couldn't so less get impressive. a shot that's attempt. A, that's a great way to put it because what I was saying wasn't making any sense, and I was kind of just rambling back and forth. That's exactly what I mean. Is it's less impressive to have a lead in the NFL, whereas in soccer, it's like this. Especially when you went up two nil, I was like, oh, that's like that game's over, and then yeah. it wasn't. And that's the swings, the violent swings, the volatility, the volatility, volatility, the volatility. Vol- Volatility, thank you. The volatility <laughs> of the score is what makes it so exciting. Yeah. yeah All right. It was a, it's a great World Cup. I'm excited. Uh, we still have our Fulham. They're playing the day after Christmas against Crystal Palace. So playing we'll see on what Boxing Day there. against CP. Uh, that'll be very interesting, very fun to see some of the guys. We have to win back. that game. We're we, back. We're back to uh, Prem League stuff. So, yeah. So, Boxing Day, Fulham. If you have Peacock. You should be able to watch it on their NBC Sports or any of those things. If not, just Google it. I hope this World Cup in that game made a couple more fans in the U.S. And I cannot imagine the U.S. That's one of the things I realized. I cannot imagine. Like, I was that way for France. And I, I like France. I've been to France. I have a weird uh, Stockholm syndrome because Haiti be nice. and France and whatever. Um, you told me about your loans. You could you could have gone to France if you wanted to. <laughs> um, oh, see, I thought you were gonna go the other way. I thought you were gonna talk about what you had to, what ended up having to happen for you to get. Oh there. yeah. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I, I I enjoy the culture now, but I love them. I I love America with all its flaws as much, if not more, because I was born here and everything. I could not imagine if America was in a PK for the World Cup. How, dude. How anxiety-riddled I would be. I texted my brother after that France game. I was like, I just aged 10 years. Like, that put 10 years on my life. There's something I... uh, There's something that kind of bums me out is that if America ever got its shit together when it came to national soccer, it's like seeing, like, all those people in Buenos Aires or wherever they were... Like, that was so cool. Like, four million people in the square and all that kind of stuff. But that would never happen here, even if we made it I think it, to, it would. You think so? I, I, I mean, I wish would. it would. I think that would be so cool. But I just don't think... I think, if anything, that all these streaming services have taught us and all the social media and everything, and with all these different sports, is that the country itself is completely splintered. And and I don't think we have a common thing to rally uh, rally. Towards, uh, unless it's violence, like you know, like nine eleven or something like I'll that. Say, Other than that, I think we're all just independently going our own way. Um, I'll say so. Not the last women's World Cup, mind you. By the way, in seven months, the women's World Cup. Everybody, get ready. Um, the last, not the last women's World Cup because that's in a post-Trump world. But prior to when we won the one in uh, twenty fifteen, I feel like there was some of that. But there wasn't as much of a love for soccer yet. And I feel like the love for soccer has only grown. And 2019, there was a large outpouring. I remember being here in Atlanta and like a lot of people were watching and whatnot. Um, so I think there's the possibility of it. Now, the difference, the reason I'm mentioning the women's team is the women's team is the they're looked at as activists and they are quote unquote divisive to a degree. Whereas the men's team is kind of, they don't, I mean, they don't have to be front facing and fighting for things per se. So I feel like 
the yeah, way the, too, the, the, the way we should wrap our arms around the women's team, we would wrap our arms around the men's team. Yeah, and the th- other thing too, and this is the last point I'll make, and then we can move on to football. The thing with the women's team is they have to be divisive. They yeah, have exactly. Because they're fighting for something. On the men's team, they're like, oh no, they I, already I have make, everything. I make thirty million dollars <laughs> a year playing for Fulham. I don't, I don't. I just fly home to do this. No one's making $30 million. You know what I mean? Like they, they make great money playing yeah, for yeah. their, their other teams. Whereas the women don't have that option. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, they make, they make not uh, be divisive if you're, if you're, if you're set. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, is Tom Brady really going to go out there on the limb? If, you know, if he doesn't have to, no, he doesn't have yeah, to. Yeah, I see it in comedy all the time. There's there's people who are, I'm like, yeah, you might have a big audience, but you're not saying anything. And they go, yeah, well, I don't need to say anything because I'm selling out everywhere I go. So why would I, why would I fight to say something yeah. like and lose half my audience? That's stupid. And I'm exactly. like, yeah, well, that's kind of the point. Um, but I feel like uh, one, the men's team is good and only going to get better as they find a couple more key pieces for the U.S. Uh, and two there may be a level of uh, Morocco syndrome. That's one of the things that uh, was on great display, how much a home country environment can play into it. Because since Morocco is so close to Qatar, um, they were able to get a lot of their fans there. A lot of people were able to come to the game. And that's one of the things that people felt like carried them up into the semis was there was a home field atmosphere and you were playing against not just the team, but the fans in the stadium. So it being well, that and US that defense soil, was and that defense, defense was, was fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're winning like the what they win, like three out of five games, zero, zero, no, no yeah. one or one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the, it being on us soil and the us team only getting better, not worse. It'll show uh, there'll be, It'll have that extra layer, that extra. Oh, we're gonna show out um, in four years. So, what is it? It's two years, right? Because there wasn't a delay. Three and a half. Three and a okay. half. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Here we but go. Moving on. Women in Seven the summertime. Months. Now we're going to talk NFL. Sorry, I jumped the the drop yeah, there was a little that bit. Like I'm just forty minutes of soccer in there. Thirty five. Yeah, I'm just very excited to talk about this game of the week. Game of the week. So we have three games of the week, actually, which we normally don't do, but all these games could definitely qualify for game of the week. Don't you agree? Yeah, I always have three games of the week. But, no, but we normally do like three more in-depth games, but normally we only have one game of the week. Okay. But I think all these, because I'll be honest with you, when I was thinking about the rundown, I was like, well, he's got to put my game up there. But got then I was to. like, well, the the comeback game was a big one. Has and then. To. The interception was a huge thing. Has to. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna start first. I, with, I had another game on here that I was like, oh, I gotta put the gotta put his game on there. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? His game kind of has to be first. Like just because the implications is it, it, it ripples so much across the board. Um, yeah. So let's so, yeah. talk about it. Dallas at Jacksonville in Duval. Duval. Um, and I knew you were gonna put this up here pretty high because you hate Dallas as a Philly fan. Exactly. Um, so they're taking on the Jags in Jacksonville. Uh, this game was seventeen nothing by the second quarter. Uh, it was it was the nationally televised game. I, as a Jags fan, this whole season in the last however long I've been a Jags fan, decade, two decades, whatever it is, mm. I was not worried because I know we're not this worried. Is a, this is a fourth quarter team. 
I have three offensive players on my fantasy team from the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's the uh, end didn't help you at all to that much. No, he fumbled on his first possession. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is over. So I, I wasn't worried because I didn't have high expectations. I didn't expect us to win this game. I expected us to be in this game a little, though. Mm-hmm. I also knew we could win, but I didn't expect us to win, which is a huge difference. Uh, Dallas goes into a 17-0 lead. We go into halftime. I think it was like, what, 20 to 3 or something like that at halftime? 21-7, I want to say. Okay. And then Zay Jones and Trevor Lawrence in the second half, mainly the fourth quarter, put on a clinic. And the defense stepped up when it had to. Ben, but don't break. It was super exciting. We go into overtime. and Oh, I mean, you're getting ahead of me, at least. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I was say I was like okay I I think I uh, I was following this game closely because uh, the Eagles were playing like not stellar so I was like okay at least the Cowboys can lose that'll give me uh, a modicum of uh, uh, not success uh, not hope uh, pleasure give me yeah. some pleasure on the day and um it was thirty one it was thirty one thirty four and I'm like. I'm in like multiple group chats, and I'm like, God, I think the Jags could, I think the Jags might pull this off, man. I mean, Houston was close, and the Jags are better than Houston, obviously. And I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, I think they can, I think they can pull it off. And they're like, they're marching, they're on their way. It's like a minute something left, and then Trevor's running, and I'm like, oh, Trevor, do it. I'm like, won't he do it? And I'm like, all right, get down, man. And he like makes a move. I'm like, oh, good move. Get down, man. And I'm like, oh, he thinks he's Josh Allen. Ball flies in the air. Yep. Ball just flies in the air. I'm like, what just happened here? <laughs> he just he got he got hit as he was moving. Ball floats in the air. Dallas gets it, but Dallas couldn't capitalize off of it. And the Jags got it back. And they made some shit happen. And now to overtime, as you were putting it. Yeah, so they get it to overtime. I'm sorry, I was just looking at some of these stats because I need Trevor Lawrence to score seven more touchdowns to win that bet. Um, they uh, got three games. I think you're in good standing. Yeah, so Trevor Lawrence hasn't, since Oct- late October, has thrown one pick and like 17 touchdowns or 15 touchdowns since late October. He's been playing out of his mind. It's Dougie Fresh, man. This is what happens when you have a real coach. We had a good start to the season. And I know, I know the listeners are going to be like, but Brennan, weren't you the guy three weeks ago saying like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence had a good game, but he's been up and down and this is what happens. Then he'll be down. And then they got smashed by Detroit. And I was like, I'm still tepid on like anointing this, the new AFC South team. Detroit is very good, by the way. Yeah, Detroit has turned out to be incredibly good. And then we ripped off wins against. uh, So we lose that Detroit game and then we beat the Titans pretty handily. And that team has been, we've been snake bitten by that team. And then yeah. we beat Dallas. If we win out, we're going to win the AFC I South. I said this we last week. I said, if you playoffs. guys went out and the Titans lose out and the Titans, they're doing their part. You just got to keep doing your part. Yeah. So we can only control what we can control. But I also have like a 20 to 1 AFC South champion Jags bet out there. Ooh. So that would be cool. I could have cashed that out for half the money at the start of the season when they were blowing people out. But I I held on to it. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I was super excited. Trevor Lawrence looks great. Dougie Fresh. And Trevor Lawrence. We didn't talk about the final play of the game. Dak throws oh, it. Yes. Hits Dak off throws. Noah Brown's hands. Rayshon Johnson, pick six. Back to the house, baby. Pick six, and that's all she wrote. Sorry, Dallas. Better luck next year. Sorry, not sorry. I wasn't not sorry at all. And no, no better luck in the next year. Do that this every is, year. 
please. This is interesting. I think uh, I think we're starting to see who Dak Prescott really is. Um, I mean, I, I think know. we saw, but the injuries the last couple of years have kind of taken him off that that train. I, I wouldn't say we're seeing who Dak Prescott. We're seeing the lack of uh, the lack of actual talent around him. They have um, one receiver. I was say they have one receiver. They traded Amari Cooper. Uh, Stupidly Which looks like, terrible. I was say everybody I mean, was it, like, "Why are you doing that?" Kind we of knew thing? it was dumb at the time, but it looks even worse now. Yeah, so because um, they mean, had those rookies that both of them got hurt, and they thought they were gonna. Uh, he he couldn't do anything more. Like the interception wasn't his fault. He threw it and it hit the man's hands and just floated up. So that's true. That's Good really point. not his fault. What we're I think we're learning is. This defense is not as good as ever. the start of the season? I thought they were the most dominant defense since the 85 Bears. This defense may not be as good as advertised. They're getting gashed on every run play, I would say. And they lost Van Der Esch in this game to another neck injury. His second, I want to say, in like three, four years. So It's the Sean Lee thing all over again. Yeah, weird. Um, They're white middle linebackers. They just get hurt. It's so weird. Ask Paul Puzlazzi. No, he doesn't. But there, there, the Cowboys. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, all they after he got out. I mean, all the Jags kept doing outside of Trevor looking stellar was uh, gashing them for seven yards on the edges. They couldn't set the edge whatsoever, so they were just taking them one way or another, getting yards whenever they felt like it. Um, so Michael Parsons defense, can't do all of it. Yeah, he can't do everything. And I mean, you saw similarly. I mean. There's a bit of a connection there, but you saw that similarly in the Eagles game against the Dallas defense earlier this year where mm-hmm. they could run at will against them. Um, so, yeah, just knowing the, the if you if you have a talented enough coach to figure out the pressure points on that defense, they it can be exploited. And that team does not look as impressive. As Dougie they, Fresh is one of those coaches. I mean, Dougie's one of those coaches. Shout out to the uh, Philadelphia staff. Sending him, uh, I think it was thirty-five cheesesteaks, twenty-five large fries. You know, hook hook Dougie up. Yeah, uh, yeah, hook Dougie up. That's awesome. That's cool. Oh yeah, great game. Jacksonville is on the move, ready to make the playoffs. AFC South champs, here we come, baby. Moving on now to the greatest comeback in NFL history. Another game of the week: Indianapolis at Minnesota. This was nuts. This was annoying. Andy, Andy goes can I, can up. I, can, I, can I put you in my, my mindset for this game, Brennan? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so as we alluded to, folks, I was moving over the weekend. I got to my destination at 1.30 on Saturday, Eastern. And I'm pulling in. I just got the keys and everything. I parked my car and. My my fantasy group chat has been popping off since like one o'clock. Did you and take the U-Haul back right away, or did you wait? No, no U-Haul didn't go back till Monday. Had a couple okay. days on it, um, so I'm like unloading some things and whatnot, and now and I'm looking, and somebody says the Vikings are the worst team ever, and I'm like, what? What could? What could he be referring to? Like, I know, I know, I've what said could have they possibly sucked. gone wrong. I'm like, I know, I said they sucked, but what the? It's 23 to 0. I'm like, wow, is this like, it's only like one third. This can't be like the third quarter. This is in midway through the second quarter. I'm like, holy bleep. And then I look back, pick six. Whoa. So it's 30 to 0 in the first half. What? This is insane. Then they get a field goal to end off the half, Brennan. 
I was like, wow, the Vikings, terrible. I got cocky. I sent Izzy Gutierrez of uh, the Miami Herald and now VSPN. Sent him a text. Sent him a tweet because we've been going back and forth. I was going to say forth. a text. Yeah, yeah, not a text. We've been going back and forth all season on uh, the Colt, the Vikings being good or not. Um, he, I told you he followed me, right? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. So I sent him a message. I was like, so I guess 1 o'clock on a Saturday is prime time. Because he said, as long as Kurt's not in prime time, he's fine. And I was like, I guess 1 o'clock on Saturday is prime time. Um, and then... The unthinkable happened. You look like an idiot in front of Izzy. <laughs> Izzy sent me a message back after the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's actually not prime time. Um, a, it's a, dime a, time. A cascade of points from the Minnesota Vikings. Mind you, you fall into the Indianapolis Colts. Mind you, the... Uh, the Vikings failed to convert late in the fourth, and I was like, "Oh, that's the game. That's the game." I was like, "All the I think it was like a fourth and fifteen or other," and I was like, "All the uh, what's that stupid team? The Colts have to do is not give the ball back." It was uh, that's what it was. So it was a yeah, fourth and fifteen with three minutes left in the game. Uh, Kirk Cousins ended up scrambling for one yard. Turn it over. 255. I was like, all this team has to do is not give the ball back. And what did they do? Gave the ball back. They gave them the ball back with two minutes and 28 seconds. And all Kirk Cousins did was screen it to Dalvin Cook, who then ran for 64 yards. He ripped that off too, man. He was like, nah, I got it. That was like Florida State Dalvin Cook. Like, and then they, don't mention Dalvin I'm going to put the team on my back. Florida State, to me, in a sentence. Is that a Miami Hurricane shirt you're wearing? No. New York. New York. Oh, okay. See that orange one? And the oh, one. yeah. You the see, angle yeah, you yeah. had it. I was like, is that a you? Like, what the? Never. Uh, then they got the two point conversion. And then I'm like, okay. Maybe, maybe this will end in a tie because for the first two possessions, neither team did much to move the ball or did anything. But then the Colts, on a fourth and nine from their 44, instead of attempting a rather long field goal, kicked it, punted the ball. And the Vikings, who have been torching them the entire second half, did just so enough to get them in field goal range with seven seconds left. And Greg Joseph makes a 40-yard field goal. Brennan, I was so annoyed when Izzy sent me the gift he sent me or whatever. Because uh, he likes just sending me Kirk Cousin gifts when they get a win. That's and, hilarious. Yeah, it is. And I was like, I was like, okay, they won. But to be fair, to be down to that team is like, just embarrassing and he was like at this point i really just like the gifts i was like they're pretty good <laughs> yeah but, it's, um, um the biggest lead the biggest comeback in nfl history 33 points so all this to say if you're going to be the orchestrator of the team the general of the team who gave up the biggest nfc championship comeback the biggest super bowl comeback Matt the biggest Ryan. regular season comeback. Can we, can we, 
as a collective, football and watching uh, community, can we petition to never allow Matt Ryan into the Hall of Fame? Keep people no, keep trying to no, say he's a borderline he Hall of in, Famer. He was <laughs> in the position to lose those games. How many quarterbacks actually make it to the Super Bowl? How many quarterbacks actually make Brandon, it to the NFC? Nick Foles won a Super Bowl the next year. Dougie Fresh won a Super Bowl, not Nick Foles. Brad Johnson won a Trent Dilfert won a Super Bowl. Hey, hey, I'm just like saying here on this program. I'm just saying. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then Patrick Mahomes has the same number of Super Bowls as Trent Dilfer. What does that tell you? I'm just saying. All right. So you were in position, but being in position is not that great. Trust me. There's people in position. There's people in <laughs> positions to be dads, this but they don't become dads. Now. Oh, I was talking they don't about actually take care of their children. That's true. So they're not going to get the dad of the year award just because they're available to be given the award. All right. All right. We're losing the audience with these analogies. <laughs> he should not be. I understand what you're saying, but I think he can't. This is, I, I think he should not. Eli be Eli Manning is more of a Hall of Famer than him. I think he should not. That's like actually a good point. And I think I, I, Matt Ryan's a better quarterback. Yeah. But if you're not going to fit, if you're going to, if you're going to suffer embarrassment after embarrassment after embarrassment and have really nothing to show for it other than an MVP that you couldn't reproduce after Kyle Shanahan left the team, you don't deserve it. I think Matt Ryan is not a Hall of Fame quarterback, but I also don't want to go as so far as to say he should be banned from the Hall of Fame. I just don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. He should be disbarred. He should not. He he should not. That's heavy. That's he should not harsh. be allowed to be on the on the on the pamphlet. On the, not on even the, on the ballot. Yeah, on the ballot. He shouldn't be on the ballot. Well, speaking of people who are going to be on the ballot, damn it, you gotta set Sorry. me up. You I gotta, just said it, and I was like, oh, I still cool. haven't configured my. Thing to be so like I gotta go left when I should be going right. So weird. Speaking of going left when you should be going right, the New England Patriots (laughs) lose to the Las Vegas Raiders in the final closing seconds of the game. Um, I didn't watch a lot of this game; just saw the end, saw highlights. So, how did you experience this? Uh, Highlight only. Yeah, yeah. I saw Chandler Jones, and then I go, "Oh, why were they? Why was Jacoby Myers doing all the laterals? They must have been down." And then I'm looking at the score because, you know, you're seeing the highlight, you know, yeah. not in yeah, real yeah. time. So I'm like trying to piece everything together because this is not a game I had any intention of watching a second of. And I was like, oh, they must have been down. And then I'm looking at the score. I go, wait, the score's tied. Why am I seeing this play when the score is tied? Jacoby Myers tried to Superman it and just lateral to win the game. So Jacoby Myers is getting uh, a bulk of the of the uh, of the grief of the blame here. But I feel I think, like you're going in a zag. I feel like you're going to say so, something else. So let me let me just preempt this a little bit. Uh, the Raiders had just scored in like the closing moments. Uh, Keelan Cole, former Jaguar. Um, yeah, I scores, saw that catch on the highlights too. That was nuts. Scores a touchdown where that was a tutty, not a touchdown. I'm going to say it's a touchdown. I mean, it's a little inconclusive because of where the the best camera is from above. So we can't really see a side angle that if his foot hit first, it was called on the field touchdown. So it's a touchdown to me. Yeah, I think he was clearly. There is. It's three seconds left. The score is tied. You're gonna you you are already saying that your quarterback can't throw a hail mary in this situation. Why not just kneel the ball? 
Ah, so I see what you're saying. Like, the you're coach, going to overtime regardless. Yeah, the coaching structure to actually run a play. They ran a draw, HB, HB draw. Did they think they were going to get all the yards necessary? Like, what was the plan? Do you there? think Belichick? Do you think Belichick was like, "Hey, try to lateral it"? Because he knew. No, he I don't think Belichick it. was. I no, think, because I think stupid Matt Patricia. I think stupid player. Matt Patricia was. Well, one of them was like, "Hey, we'll just lateral it," because he knew if he told no. the players that they See, would do it, so but no. then they wouldn't get any of the blame. So no, I don't even think. I don't think the goal was to lateral it. I think the goal was, "Hey, well, let's just run a play. And we'll go into overtime," but. The Raiders were prepped for a Hail Mary, so they threw everybody back. And Ramon J. Stevenson got into the second level fairly easily. So I think at that point, he, who should get some of the blame, not all the blame, Jacoby Myers deserves a lot of the blame because his resulted in the end up, the eventual score. But Ramon J. Stevenson, for no reason, inexplicably, Decided to pitch it back to Jacoby Myers. Yeah. And at that point, I think Jacoby Myers was like, oh, shit, I guess we're down. I guess we're in fumble ruski mode. I guess we're in Stanford band mode. We got to just keep pitching this around. And he made one of the biggest blunders I've ever seen. Tries to throw it back to Mac Jones. Chandler Jones intercepts it. Former Patriot runs Mac Jones over. Puts him into the earth. It looked like a child, like when you're a grown up, like me as a grown up uncle, like if my Turkey niece like, runs at me or something and I'm like, hey, get out of here. Like, that's what it looked like. Like, just like, or if I like push him into the couch or something, it looked like that. And then Chandler Jones goes in and scores. And that's the game. That's the end of the game. Chandler Jones. Uh, that's the end of the game. Um, that was crazy. One of the most bizarre endings you'll ever see in a weekend of... And I text this. I was like, the weekend we had in sports, you had the Minnesota game, you had the World Cup, you had the Dallas Jags, you had uh, the New England, Oakland, uh, 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 damn, I put Oakland on the thing, New England, Las Vegas game. I got it. And they, they, and then they try to give us Giants, Washington on Sunday night. My TV viewing was done after New England. <laughs> Well, and I just want to throw this out here because it's not in the uh, one more round, but it is it is a game of the week situation. But the person, the team we knew would win one, uh, the Buffalo game against Miami. Just right, real yeah. quick, I wanted to say Miami showed me a lot because with that speed on that offense, I didn't think they could play in the cold, and it was snowing bad. And they Buffalo a, ended up winning the game, but Miami showed a lot of heart tying that game up late. And, and the back. run game for Miami looked effective. Like It was funny. Going into that week, Mina Khan uh, was on. She did her podcast and other podcasts, and people said, what do you think the Dolphins have to do and what happened the last two weeks that they could kind of adjust to? Like, what's their adjustment going forward on the season? And she said, and she said um, they have to – Established the running game because she felt they went away from it way too early, unnecessarily, and they need and Tua needs to stop trying to hit uh, his receivers at all times and settle for the dump off pass to the running back or the in intermediate pass to the tight end. Like stop trying to only hit your receive your star receivers, um, and that's what they did. Like early on, you see that's what they did. Uh, Tua went to. Um, Mostert really early and he shook the hell out of Milano and broke for like a big uh, gain so um, that adjustment if they can make that going forward they'll 
win their next couple of games. They should at least and find their way in the postseason. But yeah, that game was good, but I ended up passing out because that was the day I moved. So yeah, I think I fell asleep and then woke up like for the final kick. (laughs) I woke up and the game was still going on in my headphones. What? It's over. It's over. I was like, why are they like rubbing the ground? And it's like, oh, the I hear whoever was calling the game. They can't use towels and shit. They kind of just have to create the space by themselves. And it's like, oh, okay. But yeah. All right. One more round. All right, I'm going to take the first one, and I'm going to be quick about this because we are already creeping up on the hour, and we still have a lot of show to get to. Uh, Detroit, yeah, that's true. Detroit um, at uh, the Jets. This game, uh, the Jets have a great defense. We fucking know that. Zach Wilson got the start over uh, Mike White because Mike White took those two massive hits last week and has not been cleared. He still is not cleared for next week either. So uh, This Wilson week, you mean Thursday, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow, yeah, against my Jaguars. We're going against Wilson. I'll take that every day of the week, baby. Um, but Detroit, in true offensive juggernaut fashion, with a minute 43 left on a fourth and one, Jared Goff throws a 51-yard bomb, uh, end up getting a touchdown and hanging on. So Detroit wins that game 20-17. to 17. Screen. What was it? 51-yard screen. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, screen, not a bomb. Who said bomb? Uh, I just saw 51 yards. And I was like, oh, he must have bombed this. Uh, but quick- still. Oh. That uh, that's all it takes. And if there's one thing we've learned from Detroit and Miami this year is that it just takes that one one big play that could crack the game wide open. And that's what happened. They held on. This Jets defense is for real, though. One more round. Cincinnati, Tampa Bay. People are trying to coordinate Cincinnati as this like uh, more than team, even though very good. They're leading their division right now. But this game was not necessarily because their offense was so stellar. This was because. Tampa Bay was so porous offensively. Had four turnovers in seven plays. Yeah, and Tom Brady himself was so porous offensively. Um, at one point, I think it was like fumble, fumble. It was interception, fumble, 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 interception. Yeah, it, it was crazy. So, And Cincinnati kept getting the ball like right there. And then when you have the talents that they have, um, yeah, they cleaned up that 17-point deficit rather easy when they were just gifted field position like that. Um, so yeah, Cincinnati, Cincinnati's defense is very good. I will not take that from them. Their offense is very good, but I don't think this game showed you much of anything other than that Tampa Bay is a crumbling, crumbling empire. And Brady at this point is one of those statues from long ago that has all the cracks in it. Brady's the emperor. One more round. Sorry, that was a Star Wars reference for those of you listening. The old, decrepit emperor leading the empire that is falling apart at the seams. Um, Kansas City, Houston. Houston is not, if I can quote the movie The Town, find me some fucking not fucking around because this this is whatever the line is. Houston's not fucking around. Um, <laughs> they uh, are taking everybody to the wire. They're losing every game, which I can appreciate as a Jags fan, but they're taking everybody to the wire Games game ends up going to overtime against the vaunted Kansas City team. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with people aren't uh, are aren't preparing maybe for Houston. Maybe they're kind of looking ahead. 
Uh, that might have a lot to do with it. Houston does need a new quarterback, which they will probably get in this draft, but they take Kansas City to overtime. Kansas City ends up winning the game, but nothing to write home about. It was other than Houston taking them to fucking overtime. Well, I mean, that's two back-to-back good performances from the Houston team overall with the yeah. Dallas game and then this game. And uh, Kansas City holding on to this one, unlike the one they uh, dropped against the Colts earlier this season. This so. is the not-fucking-around crew. That's the line. I'm sorry. That's that's Houston. One more round. Philadelphia defense shines against the Chicago Bears in spots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the headline. Philly defense shines, ellipses, in spots. Uh, I mean, they were able to get after the court. When they could when they could actually get a hold of Justin Fields, they were able to take him down rather easily. Um, it was the times when they couldn't get a, a, a mitt on him um, that he broke us down for about 95 yards, and we really couldn't do much. Um, Jalen, I mean, this was um, – you got to get some of those bad games out early. No one's always going to be perfect. Jalen had a couple of interceptions. But uh, unlike in Still the at 37 fantasy points, uh, unlike in the uh, what game was that? The uh, commander's game where we couldn't recover from them all. We were able to recover from uh, most of these. Um, the defense did their part when they needed to. Um, and sometimes you got to win ugly. We've had a couple ugly wins. We had the game against the Colts where we had to win ugly. Um, so just showing uh, a different side. And I don't think I mean. At least in the NFC, there's not a quarterback that is similar to Justin Fields any which way. So I don't think the defense will have that issue um, bringing somebody down. But I believe they ended up having six sacks. Uh, Hassan Reddick has now had three uh, multi-sack ga- uh, multi-sack seasons in uh, three seasons. So he's playing double-digit sack seasons. Yeah, double-digit sack seasons. Okay. What I say, multi sack seasons? Yeah, I was like, he just needs to get two, and that's like, he that probably had like year? six multi sack seasons. <laughs> no, he's had like uh, eleven double digit sack seasons. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's been on a tear. Brandon Graham's been on a tear this year. Um, yeah, at uh, Hargraves, the front the front is looking championship worthy, uh, both offensively and defensively. Is Sue? You guys still playing with Sue? Uh, yeah, Sue still Linval. Yeah, all rotation. I mean. All we've done is bolster that rotation between the four of those guys and Fletch, Sue, Linval, and Jordan Davis. Um, the linebackers look to be good. The DBs, uh, I hope Chauncey, uh, CJ Garner Jr., CJ Garner Johnson uh, can get back healthy because when he's there, it's really clicking. But um, CJ GJ? CGJ, I don't remember. Uh, but. Uh, Hertz did suffer an injury in this game. I'm not like he may not play in the Dallas game on Saturday. Uh, we have the luxury. You, you have uh, the best yeah, backup. I was in the we NFL. have the, oh, That's not what I was getting to. We have the luxury of maybe losing that game, which I don't think we probably won't, but we will see. Um, best backup in the NFL. But I, I'm not really nervous about it because even after sustaining the injury, he threw six of nine passes, and one of those was a bomb to AJ, uh, AJ Brown. If Gardner comes so, in and balls out against Dallas, is there quarterback controversy in Philly? No, if Gardner comes in and balls against Dallas, we'll call him Matt Flynn, and we'll staple uh, – we'll – We'll send him off to somewhere and get some picks for a couple first round picks. Yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll look. Howie Roseman will look even smarter 
Yeah, that's true. Gardner Minshew will be the Jets' starting quarterback next year. If there's one, uh, hey, if there's <laughs> one, I, I could go see him then. If there's one thing I will say about um, the thing that I'm happiest about Jalen Hurts is, is the fact that Dougie Fresh did not want to start him, and that's what got him fired because now he's coaching the Jags again. Not to not to <laughs> readjudicate that. It's not that Doug didn't want to start him. I know we've talked about this. Doug but was looking out for to. the betterment of the team. I know. If Doug doesn't do what he does, we are not in the position we are in right now. That's true. That's very true. So because we Doug got that sixth pick, we were able to flip that sixth pick to the Dolphins to the 49ers. And 49ers. the 49ers ended up flipping six and to three the with third. the Dolphins. And all that did was start this avalanche of picks we got. All right. Yeah, that's true. So you guys have a couple of early picks next year, like the fifth. We have pick. the Saints pick next year. We have the fifth yeah. overall pick. Glorious. All right, Glorious. let's move on. NBA, baby. The Nuggets Joe, are number one. Your Nuggets. Your Nuggets. Murray finally looks like Murray again. Joker's looking for his third MVP in a row. What was that? Forty and twenty-seven. He had the other night. Forty twenty-seven and thirteen, or forty Get twenty-seven to ten. Something insane. Jesus. First time anyone has done over 35 and 20 since Wilt Chamberlain, I heard. Uh, yeah, so talk about your Nuggets. Number one in the uh, in the West, baby. Number one West in the West. West is very volatile, though. The West is super volatile. We are tied with Memphis for one, but we beat Memphis last night. That's how we got it. Um, I was going to say, Jamal didn't even play in this game because he uh, he sat with a precautionary knee injury. But is he still doing the arrow thing? Please tell me he's oh, still yeah, doing Oh, yeah, come on. He's the blue arrow. Love it. Love it. Love um, that thing. But, yeah, no. You know who's been, like, low-key one of our most impressive players? Who? Aaron Gordon. Ah, from the Magic. Former Magic. Uh, he's averaging 17 a game. He may be a, a all-star. Potentially, I thought you were about to say all NBA, and I was, no, I was preemptively no, yeah. laughing at you. He may be an all star potentially, uh, but Jokic is averaging 24, 24.7, 11, and 9. He's damn near averaging a triple double. He's closer than he's ever been. Um, I think Jamal, ESPN is listening to us live right now because they on Get Up or not Get Up on NBA, whatever, just started talking about the Nuggets. Oh, wow, look at that. Uh, synced. Um, Michael Porter Jr. hasn't been hel- as healthy as we've wanted. Um, so when he well, gets back, that. that'll be great. But We knew that with the back injury he had coming out of college. He yeah. was never going to be as healthy as you wanted, ever. Yeah, I mean, you'd hope. You'd, all you did was hope. Um, yeah. But to me... Two of the most important thing, two of the most important players has been Bones Highland, who was our uh, backup guard last year, and we were able to move Monte Morris in order to uh, when Jamal came back this year. So that really helped elevate his standing, and he's been great in games that Jamal has missed because Jamal hasn't been there for every game. Um, and then Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown, and Caldwell Pope, like a lot of the guys we signed. You're um, say, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but you're saying the two most important players other than, obviously, the stars. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Okay. I'm saying, like, uh, some of the rotational guys. Yeah. Yeah, 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 The rotational guys that we've brought in have oh, all so You been, have a two-time MVP. He's pretty important. <laughs> the role players that we've brought in have been all effective, and uh, the moment has never been too big for any of them if you watch them play. Caldwell Pope was probably having one of his better seasons um, this year since probably when he helped the Lakers win the championship. 
Um, after those two years, he kind of bounced around and was fledgling. And then Bruce Brown, who's never really been a staple anywhere. Uh, he looked good for Brooklyn at times last year. But um, he's playing 30 minutes a game, and it's 30 glorious minutes. It's, fl- it's 30 flawless minutes, um, starting here and there where he can. But uh, he did go to the University of Miami, so shout out. We just took out Virginia yesterday, number six Virginia. We're number 22, ranked right now. I'm just saying, hey, hey, Isaiah Wong, what's yeah, up? that's the first time you guys have been ranked in a minute. Um, don't know why he took a shot at us there. No, uh, I'm <laughs> proud. I'm saying I'm happy for you. Uh, but, yeah, no, team is it's looking. It's always cool when, you're t- when your school gets ranked in a sport that they don't dominate at. That's always cool. But, yeah, Mike Malone, uh, I mean, if – if the cards shake out right, this is this is this is the year. I don't want to say this is the final push, but this is the best push. Yeah, it's not the final push, but it's definitely going to be their most their yeah. most agree. Everyone will agree that this is this is the time. Because if it doesn't happen this year, I can see them trying to flip Michael Porter Jr. Because yeah. outside of you'll be the, in a net situation. Uh, not necessarily that. Just. Joker. Or, I'm sorry. A 76ers Joker, situation. Exactly. That's exactly. That's what I meant to say. I'm sorry. trying to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Uh, to no avail because Joker solidified. Jamal. Well, then the contracts, the contracts get a little crazy and then you got to start trading role players that actually gel exactly. with the team because they want more money. And then, like you said, Jamal and Joker aren't going anywhere, but yeah. their contracts are going to eat up so much at the cap, especially before the cap um, influx in 2026. Ma- Malcolm, Malcolm. Michael is also making like a... Uh, his 17. deal was like 90 over something, 90 over five. So yeah. if, of the three, he would have to be the one to move. Yeah, so he's making like 15 or 17. So that's that's a lot. Yeah. So. All right. All right. On to the next one. Steph. Whew. Steph is out. Steph is out. Oh, I thought you were going to play a sounder. That's why I paused for a second. No. Uh, yeah. We just Steph, is, Steph is out. Um, we were talking about this last week, I think, and I think it's come kind of to fruition, not fully, but I think they're going to start to gel better and other players are going to have to step up with Steph being injured. Uh, we have a week now of um, uh, of sampling of that actually happening. And uh, they are two. Oh, and they're one and two. Yeah. So I was going to say they haven't been fantastic. I was trying to pull up the standings right now. They haven't been fantastic. In the last week, but they're not 0-3, which is good. And Draymond Green has been playing better. So despite what their record is, Draymond Green is playing a lot better. I don't know, Brennan. We could dub this uh, right into the next team we talk about. But that 132-94 to versus the Knicks. Knicks are on one, though, baby. Knicks are on one. The Knicks are on one, though. Um, I heard a stat yesterday. I think it was Bob Ryan on Tony Kornhouse's podcast. Did Bob uh, Ryan say the Knicks are on one? Because that's a stat for you. <laughs> he did not say that. But they're, they've won eight straight now. And he said, I think it's Quentin Grimes. Um, Quentin Grimes and who's the other young man? Uh, Quentin Grimes? Miles McBride. Oh, okay. When Miles McBride plays... 15 minutes a game for the Knicks. They are undefeated. They've won like 13 games. And what what he was saying and then what is bearing out is and what we kind of saw coming and being their fatal flaw was they have two small guys. They have Galen Brunson, a very small guy on the perimeter, and R.J. Barrett, who's somebody who thinks he's something better than he is um 
they don't have any defensive presence. So what they've been doing over the last couple of games is bringing in Quentin Grimes and bringing in Miles McBride, and they are providing a, a perimeter defense that is giving teams fits, and it's proven it's bearing itself out. It's proven its worthiness, um, and they're proving themselves for this rotation. And, I mean, eight games, eight straight games is not a small sample. I mean, it's, in the grand scheme of things, yes, it's a small sample, but that's a game against the Cavs, who we think are good, the Hawks, who we think are good, the Kings, who we think are making inroads, the Bulls, who have... Um, the Bulls are going to have to blow it up. The Bulls, who have disappointed us, but... We think they're still the bones of a good team, and then there's yeah, two absolutely. wins against them. And a Warriors team where they still have guy. They don't have the guy, but Jordan Poole has been going crazy. Yeah, they've got two other in, players that have made all NBA teams. In this recent stretch. So, I mean, the Knicks, uh, they're going to need to do a little more, obviously, to keep moving up the rankings uh, right now. I mean, oh, snap. Damn, that eight-game streak has them at number six. Six, I just saw Damn. that, yeah. I think they were like 11 or nine the last time I saw and them. They're out of the play-in game and in the playoffs as of mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, the Hawks are in the play-in. Wow. Wicked. That changed. So, yeah. Um, Long season still to go. We're only at like 30 games, so we'll see what happens. But Knicks if you had to pick... If you had to pick between these two teams we were just talking about, Golden State or the Knicks, who's who's making the second round of the playoffs? Ooh, that's a tougher question. I thought you were just gonna say who's gonna who's gonna get into the playoffs. No, uh, with the playing game and everything, it's convoluted. That's easy. You could say both of them, and I would I would probably agree. Who's gonna make it? Who has the better chance of winning the first round? All things considered, injuries taking into account man. everything. Man. I want to say Golden State just because... Yeah, it's Golden State. I don't even know why you're hesitating. (laughs) Look, the Warriors, even with Steph there, their road record is so insane. And they're not going to be a top four team. So they're going to have to play a lot of road playoff games in the event. I think they figured it out, though. I'm holding on hope. They figure it out. Um, They're going to be the opposite of Utah. They're not going to peak too early. That's for damn sure. (laughs) I would say you you were right last year in holding on hope with them. Somebody mark that. Mark that. I put them in the grave uh, a little too soon last season. but 114-46. Joe said, Brennan, you were right. (laughs) I mean, I just... I wrote him. I wrote him last year. Ride that donkey, donkey, baby. Ride that donkey, donkey. That's what I did. I just none of the teams outside of the top two teams in the East, and in the event that the Nets, you know, put it all together, are dominant. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and if the Nick, I mean, at the, every other uh, matchup, it's basically a coin flip. Whereas the West. To me, the top four in the West is like... Oh, that's locked. <laughs> There's volatility in the West, but when we said that earlier, I meant, and I'm sure you mean too, like the top five is like going back and forth like crazy, but... But those are going to be... Those are going to be the top, top five, five teams. Yeah, yeah like there's, yeah, for sure. there's no mistaking that those are top five really And then Sacramento's going to come in and teams. fuck it all up. So, yeah. If I'm the Warriors, I don't want to see... I mean, again... You know, write these words in stone and play them at my funeral. Uh, if I'm the Warriors, I don't want to see the Pelicans. I don't want to see Memphis. I don't want to see the Nuggets. Like, if guess the how Warriors, how bad we're playing. How not bad, but how inconsistent we're playing. If I don't want to see teams. Sacramento. 
I mean, I don't want to see any of these teams that are playing consistently. So Sacramento's offense is putting up points. Yeah, they are. They are crazily. All right. Skipping all the way to the press conference. Let's do it. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. <laughs> So for the listeners, something you don't know, Joe and I are so simpatico. We didn't talk about that. We didn't do it. I was just like, we're running long and we're so in sync that we, he had that sounder fucking ready to go. <laughs> Joe, tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorver. You can find this show's Twitter and Instagram at Curing Press. Don't forget to go to a new low.co to check out all the other shows. Oh, uh, big news. A new low has their first official sponsor. What? Yes. Uh, if you need any betting, if you need uh, well, sponsor sh- a new low, so let's yeah. How about that? <laughs> if you need any sheets, um, sheetsgiggles.com backslash a n l. You can help us out if you need some new. How did you guys get a sponsor before X Drinking Buddy got a sponsor? Uh, I mean, look, you got you got to put feels out there, Brennan. I haven't even reached out to anybody. Yeah, exactly. You gotta put I some am getting. I am getting people tearing down my door to record at their studios, but I'm like, your prices Ooh. are way higher than where okay. I'm at. Um, so yeah, and by that I mean like three three people have like sent me a DM <laughs> on Instagram, like, hey, you want to check out our studio? Um, all right, at BrennanTComedy.com, BrennanTComedy on all social media. The one man show is coming in January 30th. A new low will be there in the building, full <laughs> representation. Um, also, everyone from Gotham Production full? Studios, where I record. My podcast will be there. Uh, what do you mean? I was yeah. there was one person that has like a crazy traveling schedule. He didn't know if he'd make it. I didn't know he finally. Bought Who was that? Uh, our ex producer, El Greg. That's what I fucking thought you were gonna say. Of course, <laughs> he's the one who thinks he's not gonna make it. He was like, I have a lot of travel going on. Yeah, I got a lot of. Tra- well, why don't you put the greatest city known to humankind on the list? New York. They write songs about it, Greg. Um, Sorry, it's no John Denver. I was going to uh, say, I mean, Denver has a, a guy know, named after. <laughs> um, but yeah, so check out the one-man show, X Drinking Buddy. Same as my podcast, which is called Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Uh, I have guests on, and we talk about uh, their best and worst drinking drug party stories. And they're not lame guests. They're not just like regular people. I have comics on, uh, actors, musicians. Joe's been on a bunch of times, who's a filmmaker and also musician. So it's very fun. Do you consider yourself a musician or a hip-hop artist? What do you consider um, that? A creative. Yeah, because you make music, but you don't... I mean, you can play an instrument, but you don't play an instrument. Yeah, well, I was. I don't. I, I cannot play an instrument. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to jump to any judgments. Uh, I want. I didn't want to say it, and you'd be like, "Actually, I'm a savant with the piano, <laughs> asshole." Uh, actually, yeah. uh, I can play uh, Beethoven's Third in minor. Actually, uh, check out my other podcast premiering in January with very funny Matt Fulshron and Daniel Torado, "The Power of How." Oh, um, if you official? listen to official, yeah, it's coming out. If Let's you listen go. to. I mean, I don't need to plug it here. If you listen to uh, Tom Segura and Christina P's podcast, you'll hear about it on there. What up? Whoa. Wow. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, Matt's going on your mom's house to promote it. What up? Let's do it. All right. And everybody, you know, and I know, that's why we play the game. Hello. Again, that's Hello. Sheets Giggles backslash a new A-N-L. Sheets Giggles backslash A-N-L. Uh, shout out Franco Harris. Rest in peace. One of the greatest stealers of all time. RIP Immaculate Reception. So is it sheets? Is that what you're selling?